Welcome to the Resolve Family Ministry Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. On this podcast, our goal is to encourage families in all stages to grow closer to God and each other. We appreciate you taking the time and hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to this edition, the first episode of the Resolve Family Ministry Podcast. My name is Drew Polinsi, and I'm joined here by Chris and Nikki Mori, who are deacons in our church at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, this episode is pretty special. It's our very first episode of many more to come here in the future. Um, we will be posting bi-weekly episodes of this podcast, um, all relating to help um, families be encouraged in the Lord and hopefully encourage their walk um, with each other. Um, you want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what's, what we're yeah, here thanks, for Thanks, Drew. Oh, my name's Chris Mari, and I'm married to the beautiful Nicole Mari. And uh, we have been given the great privilege of, um, of uh, working in the family ministry with a bunch of wonderful people like Drew and his wife um, to help, to help to encourage our brothers and sisters uh, and exhort them to, to live their lives in obedience to the way God wants us to live our lives in our families. Um, and so that's what we're doing here. How long have you guys been married, and how many kids do you have? Uh, we've been married over 20 years. It'll be 22 years. Yeah, 22 years. 22 years in July, and we have five children. And just happily marriage of bliss the entire 22 years, right? Like, Absolutely. I love that. There hasn't been one, one challenge. Never been upset with each other at all. Yeah. Even though this is an audio podcast, people can still send sarcasm. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the, the title of today's episode is The Meaning of Resolve. So the Resolve Ministry at Southern Hills Baptist Church here in Las Vegas um, is a year old now. And we've kind of taken it to the next level and we're trying to mature the ministry and to help other people. Um, not just people who attend Southern Hills uh, here in the city, but also hopefully people who are relatives or friends that um, of the members there and that want to actually listen and hopefully get their marriage and their their family strengthened in the Lord. Um, so really, today's goal is to try to define why we started the Resolve Family Ministry and yeah. what it's all about and to really talk about why we named it Resolve. So um, Chris, why don't you give us some more backstory about that? Yeah, Drew, that was, uh, that was actually an interesting uh, story. We, My wife and I, Nikki and I, have... Um, Use the word resolve uh, for quite some time um, in in all of the things that uh, we're involved in, but yet when we were trying to come up with a name for this ministry, um, we were struggling. Um, we went through a lot of different names, and they sounded okay, but they just just weren't there. And then, and then uh, one morning, uh, as Nikki was cooking some amazing breakfast, um, and I was struggling with this, she just turned around and she said, "What about resolve?" That was it. That was it. It was like the, the light came down from heaven, and it was like, there it is, resolve. Um, but why resolve? Why resolve? Well, I, I mean, resolve because everything starts with a choice. We had to choose to accept Christ's free gift that he gave us to be saved in the first place. That, that was a choice. Um, everything that we, we have to choose to love our wives or to love our husbands, love our spouses. We have to choose to want to raise our children for the glory of God. Um, everything starts with a choice, and resolve amps that choice up. So it's almost like the commitment to that choice 
That's exactly what resolve is. Re- okay. Resolve, by definition, if you, if, you, if you look in the dictionary, you're going to find a firm determination to do something. That, that's what the noun resolve means. Um, you know, and that would be, yeah, a commitment. A commitment to that choice. Um, you, you are firmly resolved, firmly determined, uh, unwavering commitment, I guess, is, is what the word resolve connotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of where, where it came from. And, you know, one of the things that spurred that on is, uh, you, you know, I meet with uh, a bunch of guys once a week on Saturday morning to, uh, you know, just make sure we stay accountable, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to God w- with each other. Um, h- how are you doing? Are you, are, you, are you studying the Word of God? Are you praying? How are you treating your, your uh, wife? How are you uh, treating your children? How, you know, um, are you tithing? You know, just, just what is a godly man supposed to look like? So mm. uh, I, got, I get this question quite often uh, over the years, and uh, one of the brothers was, he was struggling. He said, you know, I, I, I was in the Word maybe twice this mm. week. And uh, he said, I, I, I just, I don't, how, how do I change this? Mm-hmm. How do I change this? And you know, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit just 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 put it on my heart. I, I got up. I didn't say a word. I just got up and I went over to a whiteboard in the office where we were, and uh, I just started to write the word resolve. R E S O L V E. We will do what we say we want to do when we resolve to do it. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. Um, and then we have to, uh, th- of course, when you resolve as a Christian, that's the opportunity to, to trust the Lord, to depend upon the Lord, right. um, and not in your own power. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I heard once that say, um, you know, nothing will change in your life until the comfortability of remaining the same gets uncomfortable. Yeah. And, um, you know, if any, we want to change for the better, hopefully, whether it's, you know, right around this time of year where a lot of people are setting New Year's resolutions or goals for themselves, yeah. they have to kind of stir up their own life and become uncomfortable in their current setting. And to your point, once they make that decision or goal or resolution, whatever you want to call it, they have to resolve to, to stick with it and yeah. keep going. Yeah. I mean, because you can, you can implement any kind of vehicle to do so. Um, you know, one of the ways that, that, that I implemented to help me develop the habit uh, of a biblical study, the discipline of biblical study was, uh, I, I I enjoy eating. Drew, I, I'm not sure if you do that, but I, I enjoy eating. As we sit here feasting on Buckeyes, right? That, that Nikki fixed us all here. Uh, yeah. you, you know, so one of the things I, I I did was I said, well, I will not eat until I study the Word of God. So this has to be first. So if, if I want to eat, um, I got to get in the Word first. That, that was one of the things that I did to help my discipline. Working out is another thing. I, I, I want to keep myself um, working in a, in a good condition. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be, uh, you, know, you know, Superman, but, but I want to have a quality of life. Mm-hmm. I want to be there for my wife. I want to be there for my children. So working out is important to me as well. I won't do that until I'm in the Word of God. Word of God has to come first. And this is a tool, a vehicle that I used to help um, in that resolution to, to develop that discipline of biblical study. Hmm. Uh, but the resolution had to be there yep. or the first time that I'm really hungry and I, I don't have time, quote unquote, to get in the word, which, by the way, is a trick of the enemy always. Um, then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fall right then and there. I'm, I'm going to break 
I'm going to break that choice and I'm going to I'm going to eat before I read the word of God. Well, it's just this day. Yeah. But then it becomes another day and then it becomes another day and then all of a sudden you're not studying the word of God anymore. Yeah. The way you should. So Nikki, you don't fix him breakfast until he reads the Bible, is that what you're asking every single day or? No, well, he's up actually a lot earlier than I am, <laughs> so he's already had first breakfast before. Yeah, yeah, we have more than one breakfast in this house. All right, all right. Yeah. Just checking. So Chris, when you're talking about goal setting and resolve, you're resolving to hit these goals and often that means from you withholding from something that you want. Meaning something's out there to entice you, whether it's food in this case. Um, and the goal accomplished and the resolve to that is to, to withhold that from yourself. Yeah. And what? That, that, that's a vehicle that I right. use. The vehicle isn't the resolve. Yeah. The resolve has to come first. That, that, then, then, we're, then we're talking about a tool to help with that resolve. Right. So, Nikki, is that different for you, or, or how do you go about resolving, or how does that play out in your own life? It's very different for me. Um, I am naturally uh, fall into that rebellious category. So um, withholding anything from me, I, don't, I won't self-sabotage myself. So um, I have to be goal-oriented and just project what the goal is that I want to accomplish and kind of backtrack and set um, that resolve in motion. So in, in order to accomplish that, where do I need to start? And so... That's more along the lines of how I accomplish. So that. as opposed to like withholding and saying, I'm not going to do this, it's more like taking the hill, so to speak. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the action of that. Yeah. What do I have to do in order to achieve what that that resolve entails, what that goal is? So. And the resolve kind of comes into play of where maybe you just tire along the way of, of achieving that? Or how does that come into play, like resolving to get that? Well, because I know the end result <coughs> and the end result is the want, the growth or the relationship or um, a certain attribute that I'm trying to attain. So resolving it is the first step in order to accomplishing the goal. Got so it. instead of it projecting a negative, it's more of a positive mm -hmm. in my life. So That's good. Yeah, I think for me, like, you know, setting goals along the way, it's trying to see the progress I'm making, making to get to there, um, constantly trying to keep it in front of myself, whether it's in either a note or written down on a mirror or something like that. Um, but then also, you know, like you're talking about your group of men that you um, have regular accountability with, like that's a, that's a great thing. So, um, so like this concept of resolve, like does it have foundations in the Bible? Like how do, how do we get to there and from this concept of resolve to how, what the Bible says about it? Well, yeah, just like in everything, Jesus is the perfect representative of all that. Um, you know, you know, we have a few scriptures here that we can go through right now and to illustrate um, what resolve looks like, um, and th and then and then we can talk a little bit about uh, some examples of what Jesus uh, did uh, in his resolute life, determined life, because his life was the most determined life ever lived. Yeah. Um, his resolve was to do the will of his Father, mm. uh, and uh, and so again, that's mirrored throughout Scripture. If you if you go to one Corinthians, um, one Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, you read, uh, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible right now. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, again, the key words here are be steadfast, immovable. Uh, when you resolve, that that definitely connotes an immovability. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I may not be able to do it in my own power, mm. but the Lord can. Mm. Uh, so so uh, so maybe it's even not I'm doing this. I'm trusting the Lord to do this yeah. in me uh, would maybe even be the better way to, to say it as for the Christian. 
Um, but he's, this, this yeah. might be a horrible reference, but there's a quote in The Dark Knight. Have you seen this movie? It's a Batman movie. I, I have seen The Dark okay, Knight. Okay, so there's this quote when the Joker is up in the high rise. He says, this is what happens when an immovable object meets an unstoppable force. Mm. So if I think about that verse, um, again, some people think like, I'm going to be unmovable. Like I'm never going to move my standards or, or whatever. And, yeah. you know, and maybe they're, you know, 80 years old and still holding whatever standard it is. Right. So they're unmovable in that, you know, vein. Yeah. But the exact same time, that unmovable there could be like almost the unstoppable, you know. Mm-hmm. So like in in your case, where you're talking about resolve and achieving that goal, it's like no matter what, you better get out of the way because like I'm going to be unmovable in the achievement of that that goal. And Nikki, you you uh, you know, just to give a practical experience too in this, I mean, it, it's not this isn't this works no matter what in anything you do in life. Building your relationship with Christ should be your your primary resolve, of course. Mm. But, um, you know, for instance, it was very important just recently um, that, um, that I lost weight. Um, you know, it was going to save us quite a bit of money. Uh, how much money did it save us per month? $124. $124 per month in the, in the, in the health sharing program. That, that is we're crazy that you know to the dollar amount how much. Yeah. I do the finances for our. Yeah, clearly. Uh, <laughs> She's amazing. Not okay. me. That, that, this is this is why it wasn't good for man yeah. to be alone. How, <laughs> I mean, like in your marriage, like, hey, we're gonna save one hundred twenty four dollars if you lose weight. I can't. I'm imagining my wife if she was here having that per conversation month. with me per month. Yeah. Well, well but here. but see, this is not the first time Nikki was on me to lose a little bit of weight. But the challenge is, she she would say, you probably need to get some weight down, and I would say, yeah, it's a good idea. And then she would cook something that was delicious, and it wasn't a good idea anymore for me. Um, but but she kind of actually brought me into her way of doing things with this this past um, this past uh, weight loss thing, where I had to take the hill. She said, "Chris, we need to save this money. Uh, we we you know we're we're spending more money than we should be spending right now. And if you can get down to 190 pounds, which was about 30 pounds from from where I was." Um, and you know your waist then will, will shrink to a certain size, then they will reduce our our thing. I said, well, okay, and this is exactly what I said. Then I resolve, mm. I'll do it. It's good. And 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 the tool that I used to help me in that situation was was Nikki herself, who made sure that I had healthy snacks, so I didn't just start munching on things like chips or mm-hmm. just whatever's around. When when I you know she 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 was staunch, uh, making sure that I was eating the right types of foods at the right times, um, and in the right amounts. And together as a team, uh, within three months. We, we achieved that goal, uh, and we resolved that's together. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, I mean, th- this can be used in all of life. Yeah, it's just another example of how, you know, Scripture can be applied in so many different ways and used very practically in your, our own lives, you know. M- many people who don't even say they believe in God apply Scripture in their lives all the time and don't even know it. Yeah. Um, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Again, stand firm is the key phrase there, and you're going to find that, um, you know, all throughout um, these scriptures that we're reading. Um, let's, let's go to uh, uh, let's go to Philippians one twenty seven. Drew, do you have that one? Yeah. So Philippians one twenty seven says, "Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ." 
So that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with a one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Yeah, only, you know, again, again, this is, this is representing uh, resolution. Hmm. 2 Thessalonians 2.15, So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Stand firm. Uh, Nick, do you have, uh, what do you have there? Galatians? Galatians 5.1. Okay, it says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Yeah, again, I hope you I hope you see these the, the resolution here in mm-hmm. all of these verses. And we'll go finish up with one Peter five nine. So one Peter five nine, but resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Resist him firm, firm in your faith. Again, you know, that that's that's resolution. Um, that's resolve right there. And and again, Jesus' life uh, illustrates resolve all over the place. Um, you know, you'll remember where Jesus says, I must be about my father's business. Mm. I must be about my father's business. Yeah. He was determined. That was what his life was about. Uh, again, um, he was he was resolved to head towards Jerusalem, mm. knowing, knowing that he was going to suffer, that he was going to die. Right. Excruciating physical and emotional distress uh, separation from his from his father, um, you know, for a time as he as he take took the sins of the world upon him. I must be delivered up to death and resurrection. Um, this is what's happening. Yeah. I I don't want to necessarily suffer this pain, but I'm going to. Mm. I'm going to because of love, because of the greater good. Um, there's no, I had to be in my father's house. Uh, you may remember when he was 12 years old and at the temple and they, they left and Mary and Joseph went three days into their journey and realized uh, he's not with any of the relatives. Where's Jesus? And they had to go back and they found him. Son, why did you do this to us? I, I, I had to be in my father. Didn't, don't, don't you know? Mm-hmm. I had to be in my father's house. So again, this is an illustration of resolution. So we've talked about the definition of resolve, kind of like the inception of where it came from and how it has applied to this ministry now, you know, at Southern Hills. Um, We've seen some really awesome examples from the Bible about how um, Christ not only resolved, but also, um, you know, different verses in the Bible where the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to resolve in our own lives. Um, So what does this mean? Like how how practically might I, you know, resolve, so to speak, on a day-to-day basis when it comes in my life? Yeah. Yeah, and, and more importantly, as it as it pertains to the family ministry in, in our family, um, so and really the the answer is is very simply in, in every area. In every area, we need to resolve to glorify God, and glorify is just a a, a Christian stained glass term for make Him bigger, um, y- y- to 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 make it about God, to show God, uh, so that others can see God. Uh, in our in our in our marriage in our parenting, um, yeah, I think I've heard that you know in, in Christianese, you know, we've heard that term glorify God a lot, you know, throughout life. Yeah, um, and I think one of the most simple definitions you can even explain to like my five year old daughter, um, you know, it's like a magnifying glass, so to speak, right? So like a magnifying glass or a microscope, you know. Yeah. So like when I look through, when somebody looks through me, 
right? Am I making God bigger? That's beautiful. Or am I making God smaller? Yeah. And hopefully the goal there is, you know, that when people look through my life and the actions or behaviors or, or whatever I'm doing, whenever I'm doing it, that God will look bigger as a result yeah. of him looking through me than he is smaller. And I think, you know, that's that's the goal. Yeah, and that is the goal. And unfortunately, it's a goal that, that I think, um, in, at least in our Western culture, has fallen way short in Christian families. Um, you, you know, from where I sit, Christian families look quite a bit similar to non-Christian families uh, in this culture. And this is why this is so important. This is why it's resolve family ministries, because we need to resolve to, 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 make, that, to make that different. We need to resolve to be that magnifying glass. I love that. Um, that's a great illustration there. Um, you know, and, it, and it, starts, it starts in our marriages. I mean, I don't know the exact, uh, uh, the exact percentage, but uh, the, the rate of divorce in Christian marriages is... Almost as high as non. It's almost as yeah. high. It could possibly even be higher mm. uh, than non. But just the fact that it's even in the same ballpark um, is appalling. That, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't magnify God. Well, why, why should I be a Christian? Um, because, unfortunately, we Christians are, are missing the mark in this area. Mm. Um, but we have all these answers right here in his word. H- how, do I, how do I show God to the world so the world can find God? Um, well, we, we need to resolve to do marriage the way God says it should be done. Um, we need to resolve to, to raise our children the way God says it should be done. Mm-hmm. We need to resolve to serve um, and realize that life isn't about us. We need to be able to be other-focused and other-oriented because that's what God tells us, because that's what God is. Um, regardless of whether you believe in God or somebody believes in God, he still, he still brings them rain. He still yeah. provides food, puts it on their table. He still gives them air to breathe. Um, when God says you're done breathing, you're done breathing, but he lets them breathe, yeah. um, uh, though they may even shake their fist at him. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, so again, this is all about um, being other-focused. It's, it's, it's about resolving uh, to show God, mm-hmm. you, you know, to tell people, hey, um, we do this because of God. Right. We do this because of our gratitude for what God has done for us mm-hmm. and what he continues to do for us. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, unfortunately, because we live in a fallen world, world a, a cursed world, there is pain and there is suffering, uh, even for those who have surrendered their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, while, while we use that word surrender, I'd like to stay there for a second because resolve... Surrender has everything to do with resolve as well. Resolve, actually, again, there's an element of surrender in resolve. You are surrendering um, you know, to that, and you said it earlier, Drew, to the commitment. I surrender. You're surrendering to Christ as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lord, this is how you want it done. Um, I resolve to do it. Now I'm going to need your power to do it. Right. Um, so, you know, so, okay, so practically then. So practically, what does that look like uh, in marriage? Uh, Nikki, you can, you can jump in wherever you want to here. From, from, from my perspective as your husband, it, it means that I need to love you like Christ loves us. Uh, I, need to, I need to, what does that mean? Christ loves us in a sacrificial way. Um, his love didn't, ma- his love was not based on whether I loved him back. It wasn't based on uh, what I was able to accomplish, how well I cooked, how well I, um, 
you know, from, from your perspective, how, how well you uh, honor me. It was based upon, I love you, and I want you with me. And a husband needs to do that same thing. I, I need to resolve to make sure that you are loved, no matter what you do, no matter how you respond. Um, but I would think that when, when a man resolves to love his wife as Christ loves us, there's not going to be a, a, a lot of resistance on your part to, to being loved that way, do you think? No, actually, you make it much easier, um, you know, for us to, as wives to honor and respect our, our spouse. Um, you already showing that love um, makes it far easier. Um, but again, um, we don't do it um, out of response for what you do. We do it because we love him and we resolve to honor and respect um, our husbands um, because we love him first. Yeah. And we do it out of love and devotion to him. Um, and you just receive the blessings from that. Yeah. And we've received the blessings as well. Yeah, well, because the two are one. Uh, now, 22 years of marriage, five kids. I'm sure there's been some moments where you didn't want to resolve. Oh, well, sure. Maybe, maybe plenty of them. True. There's, yeah. there's been plenty of them, uh, especially, especially before we, we actively worked on the relation, our relationships with Christ like we do now mm-hmm. um, in the beginning of marriage. Luckily, luckily God um, brought us both he opened our eyes both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we were able to, to start heading down that right path together, um, which, was, which, was, which was an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, one of the, one of the greatest, greatest ways that God used my wife, actually, to help me see him um, was in, in this where, um, you know, uh, Nikki, even though I wasn't a man who deserved uh, to be respected, or deserved the um, uh, to be treated as the head of the house because I didn't even understand what a head of a house was at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikki had determined and resolved uh, that she was going to honor God, and though uh, you know we were selling our house, our first house, mm-hmm. and I wanted the this is the price I want to list it for because I want to move this thing and get it going. Well, uh, Nikki takes care of all of our finances, and um, she didn't like that idea. She she thought that we should sell it for more money, and we were not coming to. I was preparing for a fight. Uh, you know, that's that's the way husbands and wives do things, right? Sure. They, they, you know, up, up my will is going to overcome her her yeah. will in this, and so I said, "Well, all right, we'll get ready for the fight." Um, I uh, okay, you want to do this? I want to do this, but. This is what we need to do, and this is why we need to do it, and blah, 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 blah. And the response I got was, I don't think it's the right move, but I will submit to you as the head of this house. Hmm. I didn't do this physically in front of her, but my jaw hit the ground. Sure. I was like, you got to be kidding me. We're not going to fight about this? You're just going to let me have my way? Wow. It made me turn my head, Drew. It, hmm. ma- it made me start to look. What what is that? There's something different there. There's something that I, I need I need to know about. Um, and you know what? And, and and it was from that moment forward that we started moving in that direction. It, it was your resolve, uh, Nikki, that that helped me even see God in the first place. And and then we realized uh, for this next step when we talked about marriage, sure. um, we also need to resolve to raise our children for God's glory. Yeah. Before we move off that point, like I think about that story you just told, like, and what a great example to husband and wives out there who like maybe they're struggling, you know, and 
they they're the fighters, right? So like they resolve conflict through fight, and they think yeah. that's a good thing, right? And it really <coughs> never resolves anything. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm the stonewaller, right? So like when my wife and I have a conflict, so to speak, I, I feel like we've been married ten years, and I still don't feel like we've had a knockdown, dragout fight, you know, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. But there've been many moments where you know I've stonewalled her because I don't want to talk or or whatever I'm offended or or vice versa, yeah. you know, and. If I think about other people that I know, like they would rather just like brawl, right? Like get it out there, get it, let all the emotions go. It's more healthy that way instead of getting keeping it bottled up inside. Um, but in that moment, by her fulfilling her God given role as a wife, right? In that moment, that completely disarmed you disarmed as a husband. Me. Yep. And I, you I was, know, I was, it was like a knockout punch from Rocky Balboa. Right, right there is what that was. Yeah. <laughs> so as opposed to like her meeting you on a battle of which she was just like cool. Like whatever, whatever, you know, your way is. And then you, at the end of the day, now you're responsible for the decision to make sure it's in line with God's will. Right. Now, and, and now, of course, that I know what being ahead of the house is yeah. and it's OK for two to disagree. Um, and, and, and then if it doesn't work out, you just say, OK, well, this was the wrong decision. Let's move then to the decision that you made in the right. first place. And that's fine because two people are working together for the same purposes. But the decision that she made that day to honor God helped me to see God. Right. She glorified God, and it helped me on that path to get to the place where I needed to be so I could actually be ahead of my house. Right. Well, and I think in many situations, especially with the arguing, it, so often it's more important for people to be right, but the truth is is that that's actually the lie of the enemy, and it's more important to be unified. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, it's surrendering to the decisions on both sides that brings that unity. So God can really come in and help you to resolve in the right direction together. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to lab- belabor this point, but like speaking that just a little bit as far as like, because uh, there's a difference here in be- between, you know, being um, super passive and letting your husband trample you. Like that, that's not what we're talking about. No, like, not at all. Especially when it comes to an abusive relationship. Like that's not, that's not the, the heart of what we're saying. Um, we're talking about like a biblical following Christ and, and submission? Like, what's the difference there? Well, uh, you, know, you know, for for Nikki, that was, it was, it was honoring God by obeying him in the area that you are to submit to your husband yeah. as the head of the household. Um, this was not a, this was not a moral issue. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, of course, you are never to submit to your husband if your husband is suggesting or insisting upon an immoral action. Uh, because that would violate God's uh, commands. That would violate God's very nature. Um, so you don't sit there and go, "Oh, okay. Well, you're my husband, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say okay to that." Right. So that flies in the face of this whole like male chauvinistic, like sit down, right. shut up, and yeah. like, just do what I say. Like, that's not. It's ridiculous. Not it's not. Well, I'm the man. I'm the head of the house. So if I say this, this is what we're gonna do. Um, no, you work together as a team. It's not the head of the house. Doesn't mean you're the boss doesn't mean you make all the decisions. You make decisions together. But when there is an impasse in, in, a, in an issue that we cannot clearly settle from the Word of God, if it's not a moral issue, uh, such as putting a price tag on selling a house, that's nothing to, there's no moral issue there at all, there was an impasse. So she, she spoke her mind. Um, and, and, and in that spot, her role was to, to, be, submit. Yeah, yeah. to be obedient was to submit. Mm-hmm. Now, and the man's role then would would also be to consider, which I wasn't there yet, um, but the man's role would have been, okay, all right, so this is what you want to do, this is what I think we should do, and you consider it. And then you make the decision. Now, the decision can be we're going to do it the way I want to do it, 
Uh, we're going to see if that works, and, and, and I appreciate your feedback and your input in this, but let's try it this way first. I really think this is the way to go. But if it doesn't work, then we'll go back. Uh, however, the other is also true. You could say, you know what? I, I think we're going we're gonna to try it your way. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think that might be the best way to start, and if it doesn't work, then we're going to go back and do it the way that, that I wanted to do it in the first place. Um, but that's a non-moral issue. Um, the glory comes to God when we're obedient. The glory comes to God um, when we look different than the rest of the world. This is, what a, this is how a Christian is a light on a hill. Um, you don't look the same. You, you don't handle these situations the way that, that people in the world with, without the knowledge of Christ do it. Um, there's no way that I was used to a woman um, who wanted to do something one way that was different than me going, I will submit to your headship. You're the head of this household. What? I'm used to women trying to usurp and be the boss and be the head. Um, and I fought that. You know, that, that's my personality. I, I always fought that. That's what I was used to. And you know what? That's how it is in the world. But that's not the way it is in God's economy. It's not the way it is in, in God's kingdom. He tells us clearly, the husband, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Sacrificially. By the way, let's put that in plain Philadelphia English. Her needs and godly desires come before mine, period. Every minute of every day, every day of every year. That's what that means. And for the wife, it is to submit to your husband in all things as unto the Lord. That doesn't mean to disobey the Lord by by submitting to your husband who's trying to disobey the Lord. So you talked about that we can resolve in our, our marriage relationship with one another. Um, and I'm assuming like that directly relates to how we can resolve in when it comes to how we parent our children and yeah. how that shows up in that parenting relationship. Like, tell me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, again, uh, it's the same. It's the same story. Uh, do you want to parent the way it's done in the world, or do you want to parent the way God says it should be done? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, if we're going to answer that question, anybody who believes in God is going to say, "Well, God knows everything. He's perfect. Mm-hmm. His way has got to be better right. than any way that I can come up with." So, but what's God's way? Well, he he outlines it throughout the Word of God. Mm-hmm. How are we to raise our children and and so that is that is what we need. We need to take a stand, a mm-hmm. fir- make a firm commitment, and be determined to raise our children to make God bigger. Now, I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a ten-month-old. Mm-hmm. What's the spread of your kids right now? You have five, right? Yes, five. Okay. Uh, 20, 18, 16, soon to be 14, and 20 months. So except for that last one, totally different stage of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, like in our today's culture, moments of stress and parenting potentially is a great, like somebody who's lost, right? Doesn't know Christ is their savior who um, doesn't have that direction, right? Yeah. Like there's some stressful moments in parenting, even as a Christian, well, knowing mm-hmm. God, being filled with the spirit on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So there's moments where, even in that stress, that's when potentially that's where they reach out to say there's, there's got to be an easier way to do this mm-hmm. or there's got to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, a better way of philosophy of doing this. And that's where 
we as Christian parents have an opportunity to reach out and say, like, you know, invite them to this Growing Kids God's Way class yeah. or mm-hmm. what have you. And that's the the open door yeah. to potentially have them, you know, accept Christ as their Savior. Yeah. So I think we have, as Christians, we have a great opportunity in how we parent yeah. to, again, glorify God and resolve to do the right thing. Five kids, that spread of, of ages, like how, like, what it gets you through like the dirty diapers and the, the laundry and the days of like, you're like, I'm going to kill these kids. <laughs> a whole lot of Jesus. Yeah. It's constantly filling yourself with him and his word and his truth and not allowing, um, everything around you to overwhelm you, but just moment by moment, just thanking him and being grateful for what he's given you and just trying to see it through his eyes and not your own. And that's something I struggled recently is just like in the moments of stress, how do I, you know, my kids are perfectly healthy right now in the stage of life they're in. Like, I thank God for Praise that. Praise God for that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody's sick right now, I should say, right. you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, how do, how do people keep a grateful spirit in the midst of that to get them through those moments of stress? That's a, that, that's a big question um, because there's a lot of, um, there's, there could be a lot of hardship, especially when a kid's sick, um, seriously sick. You, you know, what we have to do, again, is is not, is get out of looking at ourselves, is we have to have an eternal perspective instead of a self-focus. What's the most important thing in life? What would you say is the most important thing in life? I would answer that question, uh, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important. So is it important that our children grow up to be successful by the world standards, Uh, making a lot of money, being a doctor, being a, a, an athlete, you know, a, a major sports figure. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things, but is it more important for that to happen or for them to be introduced to their Savior, to their Lord? Well, I just remember that, um, that sermon that Pastor Joshua talked about with the dot and the line. Mm. And that's always been something that has been um, a forefront for us is it's an eternal perspective. This this life is just a blink here on earth. And what we do here defines what our eternity will be. Yeah. And so having that foundation solidified in Jesus, we know and have that peace throughout the day and have that gratitude and the blessings um, because we know where we're going. Yeah. And so our perspective is always trying always to be focused on that eternal perspective yeah, we and were, not in the moment. We were just talking about this earlier tonight, um, actually, Drew. Um, we have a, um, a friend, um, a pastor, uh, a friend of ours, whose little girl um, uh, was uh, was struck by something when she was very young, um, atrophied her, her brain stem, and they've been struggling ever since for 12, for, years. For 12 years now. Uh, in and out of basically, they've been treating her like a guinea pig, trying to figure out what's wrong and how to treat it. And this this um, this young lady has seizures. Uh, wow. Very, di- I mean, wh- sometimes fifty to a hundred in a day, depending on wow. that's how severe it is. That's radical. That season. Yeah, and 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 you're you're talking about a man and his wife who have devoted their life mm-hmm. to Christ. Who um, the, the, this particular uh, pastor friend of mine leads worship. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he loves the Lord. There's no doubt about that. Uh, his family loves the Lord. Yeah. This is a, it's a struggle. This is a, why why is my kid sick? You know what his 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 little girl and she's a beautiful little girl. Beautiful. Yeah. She 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 knows Jesus Christ. Hmm. So some at some point 
she is going to be freed from all of this suffering. But the point that Nikki actually made earlier tonight is, is a great one. How many people have beseeched the throne of God on this young lady's behalf? Mm. How many people have sought God mm-hmm. for this? How many, how many people's lives have been affected because of the suffering that this young lady is going through right now? You know what? I, I picture her, and I, and I pray, and we pray right now that God will relieve her from this. But we understand that God's purposes are greater than ours, and we don't always have to understand why. Mm-hmm. Why does this beautiful little girl have to suffer this way? Yeah. It's not because God doesn't love her, I'll tell you that. No. Because God loves her more than any of us can. But I picture her one day. I picture her on the podium with a gold medal around her neck. Mm. She ran that race. With, her, with the love of her Lord as he, as, he, as he takes her and he puts her in his arms, thank you so much. Yeah. Because because of what you endured, because of what you suffered, this person over here came to me, mm. came to know me, truly. And is that, for those of us who love Jesus Christ, is there, again, anything more important than somebody finding him for their eternal destinies? And that's what the eternal, the eternal perspective has to be. And this is where it becomes crucial to resolve. Mm. No matter what you have to do, no matter what you have to do, and we're not going to go into the specifics of the vehicles that, that we've chosen vehicles to raise our children for the glory of God. Yeah. And there will be people that look at those vehicles and say, oh, that, that is a good one. That, ooh, that's a little radical. I don't think I would have done that. And, that. and that's fine. Right. The bottom line is, do your kids live their lives for the glory of God? How do you raise them to do that? Well, you mentioned growing kids God's way. That's a you know, we, we we are so grateful that God brought that curriculum into our lives when our oldest 16. daughter was was four years yeah, old. Yeah, she was four and a half. Yep. Uh, four four and a half years old. Um, so we were able to raise our children with biblical principles uh, that are presented in this program. Uh, and and again, do we make mistakes? Yes, because we're not perfect. Nobody is. There's no perfect parents. Uh, but God will overcome those mistakes. That's the grace of the Lord. When your heart is determined, resolved, to raise your children for His glory, because that's what He wants. Isn't that what He tells us in Malachi? Mm. I want godly offspring. Yeah, as, definitely as a Christian parent, you know, the measuring stick is different. And, you know, um, we have to align those to God's standards. Like the the story you just told about the girl, um, God's standard of measuring her success is different than, you know, mm-hmm. the world. Like the things you're talking about is completely foreign to somebody who doesn't know Christ. Yes. Because the measuring stick for them might be how many zeros are in their bank account or mm-hmm. how many certificates of, you know, colleges or prestigious, you know, Ivy League schools are plastered behind their office yeah. desk or yeah. how many, um, you know, how yachts many they have how or, many, or measure yeah, them, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, I remember I was reading recently um, Tim Tebow's book about his transition to go from football to baseball mm-hmm. and how it made no sense to anybody else because it didn't further his fame or further his bank account. Yeah. But yet it's what God told him to do. Yeah. So that's the standard of success that he has to live his life by. Yes. So I think um, we have to learn a lot as Christians' parents to make sure like we're trying to measure success by how God defines success and not how the world defines success. Exactly. And, th- and that's what the resolve is all about. It, it's, it's all about how do you apply resolve to your family? You resolve in everything you do, interaction with each other, p- 
parenting your children, serving together, uh, witnessing about him, uh, and, and even in our suffering, as, as you just brought, we just talked about, we need to show God to the world by the way we handle these things, by the way we do these things, we need to look different than them so that they can see there is a better way. Mm. They, they, so they can look and go, like, like I did with Nikki, what is that about? What, that's not right. That's not normal. Where did that come from? Mm. And then you get to see God. And then you get to be with God. So we've talked about a lot of things today, and um, if you've enjoyed what we've talked about, I'd encourage you guys to subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can rate us through the iTunes store. This podcast will be available for, through almost every medium you can think about that where podcasts are, Google Play or Stitcher, what have you. Um, but before we wrap up today, I, I just want to leave um, some time just for a final word from you, Chris, as well as you, Nikki. Just what would you say um, as a word of encouragement to mothers and fathers out there or parents um, you know, who are trying to attempt this first like level of resolve in their own life. Well, um, uh, quite simply, I would say there there's a better way out there. Um, we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to be strong enough. We don't have to uh, be smarter than everybody else. We just have to be smart enough to resolve to obey God um, and to see things through His eyes and. Uh, you know, to, to read his word and 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 seek it out and, and, and search and study what does God say? What does what does God want? How does he want us to live our lives uh, in regards to our families? Um, and and if we do that, everything will be just fine. If if we resolve to surrender our ways, to surrender our wills, to surrender our whatever assets we think we have, just get rid of all that and do it his way. In every area, resolve to do it his way. Then life will be as good as it can be until he returns. Period. It's good. I like that. Um, I would say um, that it, in a tangible way, it's to take that first step, just to make that choice to resolve. Today I choose. Today I choose to put you first, God. Today I choose to pray. Today I choose to be thankful for my spouse. Today I choose to pray for my spouse. And every day, um, in every moment, taking that captive and just saying, I resolve to choose to serve God in this area. Because it, it truly becomes you're either serving him or you're not. And so you're either resolving to surrender your life to the Lord or you're rebelling against him. and not re You're resolving either way. And so to make that choice daily, even moment by moment, whether it's with parenting or whether it's with your relationship with God or your spouse, it's choosing to show him that you do love him and you want to endeavor to serve him. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Until next time on the Family Ministry Podcast here, um, have a good day. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Resolve Family Ministry Podcast. If the episode was a blessing or helped you in any way, we would encourage you to rate the podcast and share on social media. In doing this, it helps get the message of this podcast to more and more people. Thanks again for tuning in today and resolve to follow God in your life. <laughs>